Amen. Amen. The book of Genesis, the 37th chapter. I'm grateful to God. Now today, I will begin uh, the first part of a two-part series here. Um, and we will continue on next week. Uh, but allow me to just on-ramp into this by this word today. And uh, I trust that you will hear something both in this, this week and next week that will speak to you. Um, I find that the Lord speaks to me in ways and in places that I can, that I can receive it in seasons and times and, and uh, even in predicaments uh, of life where I need to hear something that I probably could not have heard in any other state or place of life. I think that's why Paul said that he learned to be content in the state that he was in uh, because there are certain things that are revealed in places of our life that we need to learn to be content in that season to know that God is revealing something more to us that we would not understand otherwise or could not perceive otherwise. You understand that? That makes sense? And sometimes we have to catch up with it. Sometimes we have to wait. I, I, I preach from an iPad, uh, and you know that. Uh, you've seen me do it for years now. And uh, unfortunately so, uh, there was an update the other day, and the programs that, I'm, that I preach from, the apps, are, are glitchy. And they're locking up. And before service, I was up here, and everyone that I tried just kept locking up. And so we might get stuck on page two here. Could last two or three hours, I want you to know. Um, um, you ever get glitchy? Anybody? You ever get a little glitchy? You got, it takes a minute to catch up? Or you just shut down, period. I think that's more often than not, the shutdown part. I'm thankful that God is patient with me, even when I'm glitchy, even when I don't know what to do. Uh, but if I'll just learn to endure through the season that I am in, stay, sit, wait on God. You're hid in Him. Rest in His Word. Rest in the promises of God that are yea and amen. He'll show you, He'll speak to you, and you'll grow, you'll bear fruit, because God is faithful that way. Help us to be. And he said, I seek my brethren, in verse number 16 of Genesis 37. I seek my brethren, tell me, I pray thee, where they feed their flocks. And the man said, they are departed hence, for I heard them say, let us go to Dothan. And Joseph went after his brethren and found them in Dothan. I want to talk to you today and next week about a place called Dothan. A place called Dothan. Pray with me. Father, I love your goodness and grace today, your word. Oh, I'm so grateful for the presence, your presence that's in this house and what you're going to do here at the end of service for people, Lord. And I pray that you would help us through this preaching that we would respond and, and we would hear and we would understand. And I thank you, God, for your great grace, your great compassion, your mercy, your love. And I pray, Lord, that you would be glorified, that you would be exalted. And I thank you, Lord that you are here for us. Help us to be here for you. Anoint me and anoint this people, God, and we love you. In Jesus' name, let the church say amen. Dothan. Not much is said in the word about Dothan. It does not hold the heights that Jerusalem occupies in the Bible. It's not a Jericho with walls 
that stood high and strong. No great claim to fame or mark on the map that would cause one to want to go there. But it was in that speck of a town that two profound history-altering events took place. Its name, the name Dothan held, held the meaning as to why. Dothan simply meant in the prominent. It meant two wells. It was there. The two wells had been mined out to drink from. A place for travelers and shepherds and herds alike. A place where they could, place where they could choose. A, a, a choice given to decide which well it would be that they would live on and they would live by Dothan. Two wells. It was no coincidence that God allowed in his omniscience these two events to be played out there at this place called Dothan, the place of two wells. The word said it later on that everything was done and given as an example for us to know and to live by in the word. Two wells. Its name implied a, a metaphor, um, a type, a, a symbol that there is, always, there is always a well in our life that we choose to drink from. And we have to decide which one it will be. And he said, I seek my brethren. Tell me, I pray thee, where they feed their flocks. And the man said, they're departed hence, for I heard them say, let us go to Dothan. And Joseph went after his brethren and found them in Dothan. And when they saw him, when they saw him afar off, even before he came near unto them, they conspired against him to slay him. And they said one to another, Behold, this dreamer cometh. Come now therefore, and let us slay him. And cast him into some pit, and we will say, and we will say, some evil beast hath devoured him, and we shall see what will become of his dreams. Joseph, you know the man, you know the story, the boy with the coat of many colors, the dreamer of dreams, some would say even the favorite of his father. He was sent by his father to, to see and to know the care and the condition of his brothers. And so he found them there. He found them in Dothan, there tending their cattle, and, and it was there that they seen him while he was still afar off, the word said, coming to them. He had not even arrived yet. Uh, he, was, he, was not even, he was not even near them. And yet still, what was already in their heart began to find its way to the surface. They had already drank from the well of their own way and want. Their integrity had been compromised and ultimately intoxicated by it. Before he ever came near, before he ever came near, the Bible said that they conspired against him to slay him. Before he was ever within reach, before he was ever within touch, before he was near them, they conspired how they would slay him. Most of the time we start sipping from the well of sin and our own undoing before we ever completely act on it. Most of the time that's the way it is. That's the way it is for all of us, truth be told. We, tar we start taking the small sips in our life and, 
and we start drinking from certain things from the well that would be for self and sin and what we want until we completely, ultimately, someday, somewhere along the way, we act on it. Uh, the flesh acquires a taste for denying God and His will. Everyone with me say amen. amen. Um, it, it acquires a taste for denying God and denying the will of God and denying the Word of God. Before we ever completely consume it, and it completely consumes us. We acquire a taste for the rebellion against the spiritual things in our life that are ultimately meant to save us. They could have stopped. I believe that. I believe that's the way God is. They could have stopped. They could have said no. They could have said no to another drop from that well of denying what was the will of God in front of them, but they did not. You and I always, everybody hear me right now. I'm thankful for our young people on the front here today, the time they had at Youth Congress. I want to remind them again, we always have a choice. Everyone in this place, men in the pulpit, everybody in the pew, front to back, side to side, we always have a choice. We always are given the chance to repent. We are always given a chance to change the course, to live differently, to think differently. We don't, we don't have to go there. We don't have to think that way. We don't have to talk like that. We don't have to do those things. Everybody in this place, we're all given that that choice, that moment, that opportunity, that ability uh, to change. We, we don't have to keep drinking the defeat, and we don't have to keep seeing what's wrong instead of what is right. Uh, there's that moment, I believe, that everybody comes to that point. I've come to it. I know many of you would agree. You come to that point, and you recognize, you feel it, you understand it. That voice in the, of the Holy Ghost speaks to you, trying to stop you, trying to arrest your progression. We all have the choice whether we cross the threshold into sin and self or not. Yes, we do. They wanted to kill the dream in front of them. Let us slay him. Let us slay him and cast him into some pit. Uh, bury the bones so uh, there's no evidence of what once was and what could have been. Let's cast him into some pit. Uh, let's slay him. Uh, let's bury the bones so there's no evidence of what once was or what possibly could be in the future. That is what sin and the constant satisfying of self will lead to. Look at this. Uh, the, more, the more that we drink from the wrong well, the more that we justify the actions of our life that bury deeper the promise of God that once was in our life. The more that we drink from it, the more that we consume it, uh, the more that we take it in, the more that we're accommodating it, the more that we are comfortable with sin and self denying the word and the will of God. The more that we do that, we begin to justify the actions of our life that ultimately bury deeper that promise of God that once was in our life. We just bury it. Because can I tell you, the enemy wants you to bury the promise of God. He wants you, everybody? He wants you to bury the promise, the will of God in your life. Uh, we, but I tell you, today, I, I remind everyone, we have a choice. We can, keep, we can satisfy the flesh and keep drinking from the well that kills, uh, kills the promise of life, or we can drink from the well of life that Jesus is that never runs dry. We have the choice today to decide. If anyone thirsts, let him come and drink of the water of life freely. Never thirst again. Never want that way of life. Never want those things anymore. Hmm. The answer is never in consuming more of what your flesh wants and what the world offers, thinking that it will make you fulfilled. Everybody know that? We should know that by now. Season saint, we should have that down in our life. The answer is never in consuming more of what our flesh wants and what the world has to offer, thinking that's what's going to fill us, because it never does. The answer 
is in the well of life that Jesus is. Only he satisfies what's missing. That's why the woman at the well, uh, that's why the woman at the well in John 4, 28 walked away from that well, leaving her water pot behind. Why was it? Look at this if you would, please. Uh, the woman uh, then left her water pot and went her way into the city and saith and saith to the men, come see a man which told me all things ever I did. Is not this the Christ? She did not need to try to wearily walk that way anymore. She did not need to carry anything back with her. Come on, stop trying to carry things back from the cross that you should leave there and put it under the blood. Stop feeling the shame. Stop feeling like that somehow it's going to hunt you down and haunt your life. You have been set free and you don't need to carry that bucket anymore. Amen. When you find the Christ, the Savior, Jesus, you found the well that sustains and saves you. Let the church say amen. amen. Look at this. Um, Adam and Eve sowed fig leaves, uh, sowed fig leaves together to try to hide behind uh, uh, Moses buried an Egyptian that he killed in anger. Uh, David tried to cover his sin with Bathsheba. Judas betrayed uh, Jesus in the absence of the multitude and the cover of dark. Joseph's brothers wanted to bury his bones so that there would be no evidence of what they did. If you would, please. Sin. Sin always tries to cover up the things in our life that we do not want to be accountable for. Uh, it's, it's the nature of the flesh. It's the way we are. Every one of us have been there. Uh, should the Lord tarry and our flesh gets the best of us, every one of us will be there again. Because it's the nature of who we are. It's the nature of sin. It's the nature of flesh. It wants to cover up. It wants to cover up so that there is a, no a need for accountability to the sin and the wrong that has been in our life. Just, just keep drinking from the wrong well. And I don't have, everybody hear me right now for the next few seconds, okay? If we just keep drinking from the wrong well, our flesh and sin and the enemy tells us, uh, then I don't have to think about it. If I just keep from, uh, drinking from the wrong well, then I, I can stay away from church or, or I can even leave the church so I don't have to feel the conviction about it. The answer, hear me, the answer is never running from what we need to deal with or, or thinking that if I don't hear it or be around it, then I don't have to be accountable to it. That, that is nothing more than an address change and not an answer. Every time we try to leave and get away from something and not deal with something, come on, young men, in, in the sound of my voice, there are going to be things in your life that you're going to have to deal with. And you're going to have to stand up in the mirror and look yourself in the eye and remind yourself that you are a blood-bought child of God. Young ladies, you're going to have to be reminded that you have been set aside for the glory of God. You're going to have to decide, church, we're going to have to decide. There's certain things we've got to deal with. And if I think an address change is going to fix that, it will not. Come on, I've stood enough from this pulpit and seen that perspective long enough in my life. It never satisfies. It never fixes it. That's just something that we're running from. When what we need to do is run to an altar. And we need to pray through again. And we need the Holy Ghost to baptize us again. And we need to speak in tongues again. And we need to repent again. And we need to recognize that it's not their fault, this one's fault, the church's fault, the youth group's fault, or anybody's fault. I just need to be saved because I need to get my heart right. The answer is drinking from the right well. It's that simple. Truth. Drinking from truth. Look at this, if you would, please. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. 
It's only through acceptance and obedience to the truth that God and his word uh, is that, that we can ever really be free. Anybody, anybody ever told a lie? Nobody. Unbelievable. Man, I knew we were a holy. Thank you, Brother Trace. Amen. You and I will be up here at the church with our halos on after church. because we. Um, <clears throat> I know everybody's told a lie. Everybody has. If you didn't raise your hand, God forgive you. You just did. Um, and so we all, we all have told a lie. Huh? You okay? Yeah. All right. If you're not okay, it's still true. Um, but you, you ever came clean about it? Half of us, okay. There's something about on the other side of that confession. There's something on the other side of that accountability. There's something on the other side of that recognition that you are set free. Huh? It may have hurt. It may have been painful. You may have been grounded for life. I don't know. But the truth of the matter is there's something about the truth that sets you free. If, that, if it does that for you in the flesh, in your mind, think about your soul. When you come to the truth that Jesus Christ is and you recognize that not one ounce of your flesh is ever going to save you, but the goodness and the grace and the mercy and the blood of Jesus Christ will save you from all your sins. There's nothing like truth today. It's only through the acceptance and the obedience of truth that, uh, in God that we can ever be really free. The more that we accept sin and accommodate our flesh, the more that we seek to justify what we want, and we ultimately, now get this, the more that we accept sin, the more that we accept it, and the more that we accommodate our flesh, the more that we seek to justify what we want and define God in his word to be that we want him to be. We define him the way that we want him to be, the way that we see the word. The way that we'll say it, well, I, I, I see it this way because my flesh wants it that way. The more that we accommodate sin, the more that we accommodate our flesh, the more that we justify ourselves, and the more that we define God in a way that we see Him. Come now, therefore, and let us slay Him and cast Him into some pit. And we will say, we'll say, we will say, we will say, some evil beast hath devoured him, and we shall see what will become of his dreams. Let us slay him and bury him, and we will say. Um, humanity tries to justify what they do by what they say. We are living in a time right now. Everybody stick with me on this. I believe this is, uh, I believe this is a, a good um, a good thermometer to demonstrate the temperature of our culture right now. Um, humanity tries to justify what they do by what they say. Say it loud enough and long enough, and sooner or later, ourselves and everybody else will believe it. That's kind of where we're at right now. If, it, if we can just say it, if it's just said on the airwaves, if it's just said on media, if it's just said on the news, if it's said on TV, if it's said in the commercials, everybody okay? If, if it's said uh, loud enough and long enough, well, then it has to be truth, and it has to be okay, and everybody has to embrace it, and everybody has to believe it. That's what they were doing here. Let us slay him, and then we will say, we'll ju we're just going to lie about it, but we're going to say it loud enough and long enough till everybody believes that he was slain by a beast and, and buried in a pit. Come on. You cannot let your mouth, you cannot let your words, we can't believe everything that's being said. It's got to be tried by the word of God. We, we can't let sin be the, the loudest voice in our life and the world be the loudest. Everybody okay on this Sunday? 
Um, we can't let the world and everything around us be the loudest voice that we are convinced by. Come on, the Word of God has got to resonate more loudly in your life than anything that there is. It cannot be the news, the media, the TV, the Hollywood. It cannot be all the things that, that we're listening to and looking at. Why? Because only this will remain truth in the end. Uh, and I know people are going to think I want to bandwagon today and, and talking about this. Can I tell you, if we don't talk about it, it won't be talked about. If we, don't, if we don't remind ourselves and we don't remind our, our youth and we don't remind our homes and our kids and our families and where we work that this is truth and this is the way we live. Why? Because this is life. Thou hast the words of life. The world does not have the words of, words of life. Thou hast the words of life. Where else can we go? Amen. Amen. Simply stated, you can't bury the truth of God and think that it will not rise again. Uh, it, it will rise. Come on, it's going to live. We can cover it up. The world can get loud and, and, and say what it wants to say. But ultimately, we will be judged by the book. We'll be judged by the truth. Amen. It will rise again. It will live. It will be proven right again and again. Come on, everybody. You're in the hands of a living God today. Amen. Truth will always prevail. God will always live. His word will always be right. And that well will never, ever, ever run dry. Huh. While he was still afar off, while he was still afar off, before, before he ever came near, they could have chose differently. Musicians, if you would, please. He, he was still afar off. He was still down the road. He was still distant, just barely making out his face, but the coat of many colors gave his identity away. Um, what you live, what you believe, what you stand for, how you embrace these things of the Spirit, identifies who you are. And it should be that we are able to be identified while we are afar off. I recognize that sometimes it puts us in predicaments and places that might be uncomfortable. But I would rather be identified as one of His than not be known by Him come that final day. There was that space of grace he was still afar off. He was still down the road. He was still a ways away. I believe there was that space of grace to choose different. Uh, to choose a different well to drink from. A place to repent. I believe, I believe at that moment, I, I, I just know the nature of God, that there was that, that moment that they could have repented. That their mind could have changed. Their heart could have been altered differently. They could have got it right. There's still, there's still time for you today. Somebody hear me. Somebody that's been feeling the tug and pull of your heart and that recognition within you. There is still time today. You are here. There's still time for you and I to get it right, to change the course of our life and to not deny the hope and the promise that's before us. The brothers of Joseph did not know it at the moment. Everybody stick with me here in this last point, okay? The brothers of Joseph did not know it at the moment, but their very hope of life in the future was held in his hands. The enemy wanted them to kill their promise. The enemy wanted them to destroy the hope that they had, and they didn't recognize it. Joseph would be the one that would save them in the famine in the future. What you try to bury in your life spiritually now, everybody hear me. I need somebody to wake up in here. What you try to bury in your life spiritually now could be the very thing that sustains you in the future famine. Don't kill your hope. 
Don't kill your promise. Don't destroy the life you have in God. Don't let it go. Don't walk away from it. Don't bury it. Because it could be the very thing that sustains your children in the future. It could be the thing that's, it could be the things that saves them when you're not around. It could be the very thing that you live right now that will be the, the one thing that they'll hold on to that one day they'll look back and know that had you not, they wouldn't have been able to survive then. Don't kill your hope. Don't bury your future. Today the enemy wants you to kill yours, to bury it deep and never let it live again. But can I tell you that well won't last. It dries up because only Jesus has the answer. Only Jesus has the answer that you need now and forever before you. So repent today and be baptized in the name of Jesus and be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of other tongues. I believe this with all my heart. Somebody needs to begin to pray with me right now in this house as we stand to our feet and this altar is open. It is time for us to drink from the well of life freely. Come on. Can you make your way down here? Can you be reminded again that only Jesus, that's the hope, you're, that, that's what you need to know. Don't, don't bury it. Don't kill it. Only Jesus can satisfy you. Don't try, to, don't try to run from it, get away from it, and think that somehow it'll be different. No. Come on. He's the only hope. He's the only life. He's the only source. Only Jesus. Come on, pray with me as they begin to sing right now in the name of Jesus all over this house. Come and repent and come and be baptized in his name and come and be filled with the Holy Ghost. Come set, get your life set free. Come to the truth and the truth will set you free. Come on, re reinforce it, reassure it in your mind and your life today in your house. This is where we stand and this is where we believe and this is where we live and this is what we do because he is the answer. Only Jesus.